This is another at-home episode. Uh, This is episode 43. Last time we went to Brew and Brew, uh, we talked about Jeff running, which I do want to touch on again. Uh, We talked about the change to East 5th and that kind of area. Talked about indoor-outdoor bars, potential coffee uh, partnerships, the Pecan Street Festival, and Mm. punching a zebra. Those were all the things we talked about last time. You also learned about uh, the river street names in downtown Austin. That's and how it true. Taking That's north right. to south rivers and laying them out east to west. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, touching on Jeff running, uh, we started that day off with Eric telling me I looked like shit. <laughs> And, turned, and then I explained that I had jet lag and uh, that I had been running for two days. I talked about how achy my body was from running. Yeah, I was yeah. really surprised at how bad a shape I'm in, considering how much I ride my bike. And I actually am pretty, I play tennis a lot. And uh, I was like, there's no way I'm in this. I'm this decrepit. Turns out I wasn't. I think what may have been bothering me was the COVID that I had uh. that we discovered later that night. Uh, now, you might be thinking. Well, I guess you guys are recording this next one from home because Jeff has COVID. Only partially, because I'm at the other end of it. Uh, This morning, Gus. (laughs) I I tested positive for COVID this morning, which is really great timing because the government and the whole world decided COVID ended yesterday. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So um, testing and medication, all that stuff's not free anymore. If I had just tested positive, I don't know, 24 hours earlier, it would have been uh, free. I had to test myself with a home test, but... I had scheduled a, a like an at pharmacy PCR test just to like be extra sure, and they called me back and they're like, "Yeah, it's like one hundred twenty nine dollars now for a test." I'm like, "Yeah, um, the at home test said I'm positive and I don't feel good, so I'm just gonna go with that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got it." Wow, I don't know how you got COVID. <laughs> I hope. What? Listen, <laughs> listen. When when the buzzer went off and COVID was over, the score was Gus one, COVID zero. I don't know. <laughs> it's they pulled true. Some they pulled some overtime shit. I don't know what the refs are doing, allowing this to go on. The game was set when the whistle went off. It was official. It was in the books. It's so funny. I mean, I'm so sorry that I gave you. I clearly gave you COVID. Uh, although I will say, if you're going to, this is my second time having it. If you're going to get a COVID, this is the COVID to get. It is fucking <laughs> It really is. Like, this is, nobody wants COVID, but if you get COVID, get whatever J- May 2023 COVID is, because it is uh, easy yeah. peasy. Yeah, we saw, you know, we recorded Anma on Monday and then Wednesday night I was like sitting on my couch watching TV and I was like, is my, uh, is my throat a little sore? Am mm. I imagining this? And I was like, no, 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 I'm just imagining it. And I woke up Thursday and I was like, eh, it's still a little sore. It's not bad. Then like went through the whole day. Then like as the day went, I was like, oh man, my knees and my legs are a little achy. That's weird. Mm. And then this morning woke up and I was like, tested again. Like, yep, there it is. Like immediately. It uh for a pandemic that's over, it sure is prevalent right now. I was telling Eric before you came in, Gus. My mom is on a road trip and she's up in the northeast, got COVID, like right at the Canadian border. Andrew Panton over in Vancouver Island, extreme west of Canada, he got COVID the same day I did. It's uh, Did you get it from like a polar bear? Yeah, he got it. I think yeah. he got it from a polar bear. Yeah, he got it from um, a polar bear in Vancouver. Yep. It's uh it's everywhere, this COVID for for how over for it is. being over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's just strange timing. Of course, like I went three years without getting it, never had it once. And then when I finally do get it, it's right when everyone says it's over. And now, now, now you have to, now I have to pay for it. I could have, I don't have the free COVID. I've got the money COVID. I don't even know. They're going to, the doctor's going to call me in a bit to give me Paxlovid. I don't even know how much that's going to cost because it used to be free. I think, do they even know yet how much it's going to cost? I don't know, dude. It was free on Monday. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> You're going to be 
they're going to test with you how much they can get away with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope it's like the advanced war situation in the game where they're like, just palm it. Just palm it. Just take it. <laughs> You're oh going to advanced wars Paxlovid. <laughs> great. Great. Oh, well, in all seriousness, I hope it's a, your first case is a mild case. Thanks. So far, it's not bad, but uh, hopefully it stays that way. Um, so, you know, tr- trying to kind of like redirect the podcast back to uh, to Anma stuff. Um, I was thinking that the other day, uh, this is going to sound like it's not Anma stuff, but I promise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wheel it back around. The other day, you know, um, George Santos got, I guess, uh, charged and arrested for uh, potential like campaign finance problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess like... The story is that uh, I guess he's lied a little bit, uh, <laughs> allegedly, and uh, the government's not happy about that. And as I was watching him, you know, on the news, like talk, mm, you know, proclaim his innocence and go through all of that. Mm-hmm. It made me think about someone I used to know when I was younger, the, like a kid that I went to school with who, and I don't know if you guys know anyone like this, this is kind of what this what the spring, springboard of the conversation is. Like I was watching George Santos and I was like, this guy reminds me of someone I knew when I was young, like someone who would just like lie all the time about shit that doesn't matter Mm. or shit that doesn't make sense and you're like like this person would lie to me to my face and i'd be like what are you talking about that doesn't make any sense i'd be like no yeah yeah no this it's it's totally true like no that's not um sony music does not have a contract with you to record a an album of you playing piano i don't know why they would do that that you're you're 16 why would (laughs) it's like just like shit like that where you're like no that, that like and it's just baffling to me that people are like that who are just like about unimportant things about things that no one's asking can just like straight to your face, make shit up seemingly on the fly. I think when you're a kid, everyone knows someone like that. I feel like you just like my uncle works at Sega. Sega's dead. Yeah. So my uncle works at Nintendo. But like that kind of a thing. It's weird when it doesn't stop and it moves yeah. into a business setting or an adult setting and you go, what the fuck is this shit? And yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Well, it's like it's the flavor of of kid who and all kids are are subject to this. But like the kid who are desperate for attention in in some way. And so some kids will get it by being a bully. Right. Some kids will act up and be class clowns. Some kids will eat worms uh, on the playground. And then some kids will lie and, and tell you that their dad is friends with Don Mattingly. And, he, you know, and you went to the World Series for free or whatever. It's like. it's just it's like it's one of those uh like one of the sides of that coin of like just being desperate and needing attention uh and and trying to find the path of least resistance to it right and it is something that most people grow out of by about 14 or 15 i'd say i guess oh the dude i knew was still doing it through college (laughs) wow did he get Uh, are you sure he went to college that that's an excellent point. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he went to college. Okay, because he could have just sent you photos standing out in front of a college. <laughs> no, I think uh, I'm pretty sure he did. He got good grades, um, and I believe that he did go to a college. Now, if he went to the college he claimed to or not, that's a different question. Uh, uh, yeah, you you run into anything like that business wise? Not even just like people lying about like nonsense, but like when you're running into like business deal stuff, guys who just sort of like bolster not just themselves but like the companies that you're about to do work for or people that want to work with you and like selling that bill of goods is that something you guys had to like be really wary of the the, well, the one that would get me uh sorry to jump in here jeff the one that would always get me is when you're like dealing with someone and you know whatever like in the in the getting to know you phase right 
like they begin out of nowhere, like bad mouthing other people or other companies, like seemingly without real reason. And it's extra awkward when you are friends and know the people at the other company. And it's like, what are you? And in my mind, you know, I'll be just like, what is this person doing? They're just bad mouthing these other people who I consider my friends. Like they don't know that I know them. And it's just like, for no reason, like not relevant to the conversation at all, just like going off on a tangent about how much these other people suck and they don't know what they're doing. It's like, but I know those people and they do know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's a fairly common thing, what you're describing, Eric. I mean, I think most people in our industry are full of shit, uh, us included, honestly, you know? Do you feel like you got like a lot of, like, you guys at, you know, kind of like that early 2000s or whatever, where it was like, here's a Variety article and here's like all this stuff. And it was like hot new kid on the block or whatever. Did that bring on a lot of like the grifty sales guys and like the people trying to like get in bed with you quickly because it's like, oh, we heard that you're a cool thing. (sighs) Yeah, there was a fair amount of that. I will say, especially in those early days and Gus, uh, you might disagree, but I would say that like Gus and I were fairly immune to that because we we were just we just wanted to work we just wanted to make stuff yeah and bernie and matt did all that you know like they were the ones that fielded the calls from the grifters and gus and i just kind of tried to avoid that shit um yeah it wasn't really our speed and it wasn't what we were interested in we just wanted to be funny and and make content and so i think he he and i just had our heads down through a lot of uh, those early days yeah and there was also a lot of um but even so, there were a lot of people who, you know, we would deal with or like meet at events. Like that was the big thing, right? Like going mm. to a convention and, you know, meeting people in the industry or in adjacent industries. And a lot of them had that very fake it till you make it mentality, which I think is still like very prevalent, which is fine if you know what you're doing and you're actually going to make it. But there's a lot of people with the fake it till you make it attitude who don't. And they're just like fake it till someone calls you on it and it all falls apart. Mm. Well, just fake it for um, as long as you can until the rug gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm working on. That happens a lot with people who um, take on like outside investment or have people give them money, which we were very fortunate. We didn't have to deal with that um, uh, when we started. Hey, here's a small aside that just popped into my head, Gus. Uh, in those early days when we were starting to do conventions, and uh, I'm saying like the, maybe the first four years when it was still very new to us, maybe first three years, who was the first other celebrity? I'm using celebrities for us, quotes for us, not for them, but who's the first ever celebrity you met or that we were on a bill with that you were excited or impressed with? That you were like, holy shit, I can't believe here's a person that I revere or that I look up to. Because I remember uh, like our like our first thing we did, we did a bunch of stuff with the Buffy girls. You did not watch Buffy. Yeah. You did not give a fuck. You were not impressed right. by the Buffy girls. But at that same event was also um ron perlman was not impressed with ron perlman at all yeah who who the hellboy had just come out when we were doing that event with him and uh the the dude who played that creepy big guy on x files yeah uh, he was like the the alien he had the oil thing in his eye uh we were in an elevator with that guy like i love the x files <laughs> back when i was uh, in high school i was like oh cool it's the guy who's like secretly an alien and pretending to be an fbi agent we uh yeah yeah i <laughs> I can't describe the guy any better than Gus did, but you would know him immediately if you saw him and you would know him from that role. You'd be like, oh, that's the guy. That's the only thing he's ever done. <laughs> or at least that I recognize him from. Yeah, uh, but it, it, it was always it was always stuff like that. Well, I shouldn't say always like early on. It was it was stuff like that where it's I think maybe I didn't have 
as much of an appreciation for it as I should have mm. in the early in the early days. It was just kind of like, well, I guess this is what happens, you know, just kind of taking it for granted. I definitely didn't, especially with like we would do a lot of stuff with anime voice actors, and I knew shit about anime then. I know shit about it now, but I know a little bit more about it. And there would be people that like people would be going nuts, and I would just I had no fucking clue who the people were. I was yeah. happy for their success, but um. I think the f- the first one that I can remember being just like f- kind of stunned by, and I don't know if you remember this, is we uh, we did a, an event in Florida and our booth was next to Billy West. Oh, and I just yeah. like I was like sitting on my hands the whole weekend because I was n- not only a Futurama fan, uh, but a huge Howard Stern fan. And Billy West was a lot of people don't know this. Billy West was a member of the Howard Stern Show until the uh, early '90s, late '80s, uh, and he left to go off in Hollywood and make it big. And uh, so I was like a double whammy for me. And I was just like, this guy hasn't been on Stern in 20 years. I'm not going to ask him any Stern questions, even though I want to. He probably doesn't want to hear that. And I just like, and then, and then anytime I'd think about what to talk to him about, I'm like, you're just embarrassing yourself in your head. Just keep your mouth shut and just smile. And I just, I just tried to play cool around him all weekend. That's really funny. I, uh, one time we were going to do an event in New Zealand and, uh, you know, it's a really long flight to get from Austin to New Zealand. You fly like Austin to LA, LA to Auckland, and you like total travel time is like 24 hours or something. Yeah. Like from the time you leave your house to the time you're walking out of the airport in Auckland. And I was going through customs at Auckland. You know, you collect your bag. Or I should say I was going through passport control. So like you collect your bag and, you know, you go, you get in a line and there's like an immigration officer who looks at your passport, make sure everything's in order and like stamps it and you can go on. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm next. I go up, uh, the immigration guy, you know, takes my passport, is looking it over, is asking what I'm there for and telling me, you know, there for a convention. And he's like, you look really familiar. Are, oh, are you uh, the voice of Simmons? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here, you know, doing, you know, Rooster Teeth, Red versus Blue stuff at this event over at the convention center. He's like, oh, yeah. And then, like, I started feeling really nervous because he was just having, like, a super casual conversation with me. Like, we had just bumped into each other on the street, and we're having, like, this conversation about Red versus Blue and whatnot. And, like, meanwhile, like, the line's just backing up, you know, with everyone <laughs> uh, behind me. And I'm like, oh, God, like, everyone's looking at me. I feel like, you know, everyone's kind of expecting me to get arrested or something. Yeah. So so I was like, hey, uh, do you like Futurama? And he goes, yeah, I love Futurama. And I turned around because Billy West was on my plane too. He was going to the same event. And I was like, hey, that's Billy West right over there. You see him in the line? And the guy goes, oh, shit, yeah. Go on, go on. And he like <laughs> stabbed my passport and put me through. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Yeah, I, wonder, so, uh, I wonder if Billy West hates you to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from his perspective, he just sees me turn around and point right at him <laughs> from the front of this line. Oh my god! How about you, Eric? You uh, you've done the convention tour just as much as we have, or the circuit. What was the first celebrity you ever saw? Was it like a wrestler, or dude? I saw Sergeant Slaughter last year. That was fucking oh, that's cool. really. Cool to me. That's really. That cool. was really really cool to see Sergeant Slaughter. That's really cool. Um, I don't. I'm not a star. I, wrestling is like really the only thing that I ever. When I meet any of these guys, I go like, "Oh wow, this is like really cool." Beyond that, it's like I. I it, I just don't people are typically cool so like when you it's nice when somebody's famous and you have a nice interaction but at no point am I like getting crazy and like over the moon like um I remember this was years and years and years ago we went down to a place called uh we went to Jacksonville for a convention called EXPCon uh oh, it was yeah. very it was a smaller thing, and it was next to a golf course, and, like, the Murray brothers, like, Bill Murray and his brothers have, like, a restaurant there, like, the Caddyshack restaurant. It's, like, this—it's goofy as hell. But 
we went and like Mega 64 is like these special guests, which is nice. Uh, and then also a bunch of voice actors and stuff like that. And nobody that I really knew very well because it was mostly anime. But one of the people that we met was uh, uh, Charles Marnier, the voice of yeah. Super Mario. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's been the voice of Super Mario since like 1993 or something. Like he is, yeah, it's he a long is time. Mario. And we all went on a little sightseeing thing, you know, get there a day early, go sightseeing, and then the conventions the next day or whatever. And so we went on to like this old fort and checked out stuff and went to like this little restaurant. And I was sitting across from him and he went, we're just eating. And he looked up at me and he went, you look like a guy who says fucking A. And I went, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I went, I don't think I've ever said that. And he's like, try it on for size. And I went, uh, all right, fucking A, like these tacos. And he went, there you go. And I'll never forget that for as long as I live. I just thought that was so cool. And after that is when I became a really big fan. Uh, like at that point on, I became like, oh my God. Uh, like every time I see him on stuff or whatever, I go, this is so cool. This is so great. I feel like that that's the guy who gave you your new catchphrase. Yeah. Mario gave you a catchphrase. That's pretty cool. The, the thing I say all the time. He's just jealous. Like Mario can't say that. So he's like, Mario he's can't to say it at all. So he's trying yeah. to give it to people. Yeah. Um, at that same convention, we, uh, it's where we met Troy Baker for the first mm. time. And we had a panel next to him at the exact same time. And we opened the door that was between and we switched panel rooms in the middle of panels. So he went and did the mega 64 panel and mega 64 went and did the Troy Baker panel and Troy Baker's fans were not thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> But that was the time that I learned, oh, fucking cool. Like, and then since then, it's like, holy shit, Troy Baker's and all this stuff. To me, it's less about being starstruck about this person is a movie star. It doesn't really mean much to me. But when I get the personal connection after that, I go, this is the coolest fucking thing in Mm. the world. I love this shit. That's so awesome. I love that. That's the best. Is there no one you would be starstruck by? Because I agree with you in that, like, it's, I'm not as impressed especially as i get older by i've seen you get starstruck don't try to play uh, no i i can't i can and i have and i and i there are people that i would get starstruck by i'm asking and i'm happy to share that but i'm asking if if there's anybody eric thinks you like would you be starstruck by howard stern uh i think it would be i would feel so uncomfortable taking up any of his time honestly the people that mean the most to me with like the media that i consume the most i ever do is walk up to him and go, hey, just want to say, big fan. That's it. Yeah. And then I don't bother for a picture. I don't stop for a talk or whatever. If they stop for a chat, that's nice. Like I did that with Scott Ackerman, who does Comedy Bang Bang. Saw him walking yeah. at Comic-Con and I went, hey man, just want to say, big fan. And he was like, oh, hey, all right, hey. We started talking for a minute. He's like, you want to take a picture? And we took a picture real quick and it was nice. And um, I, I guess maybe if you, you know, I, you meet Tom Cruise? Like, I don't know. Like, it ha- it would have to be someone that's, like, George Clooney that's, like, so, like, in another stratosphere. But, like, we had Batista yeah. in for the Rooster Teeth podcast. And to me, that is, like, that's huge. That guy's a m- movie star and yeah. gigantic professional wrestler. So, like, as a Venn diagram, that's just one circle. Like, he fucking nailed both. And I met him. And he went, hey, cool mustache. And that's awesome. <laughs> and that, yeah. like, and now when I see him on stuff, I go, fucking, hey, my my best friend Batista. Like, that's it. Like, I don't know. It 
I don't know that there's anyone that would like really that would really do that. How about Not you, that Gus? I, can think of. I I think I mentioned once before on this podcast a long time ago about how when our office was still in downtown Austin at the Congress office that like I walked past Walton Goggins uh, mm. outside right. of the hideout and like I wish I had done what you did, Eric. I, like I just kind of walked by and like went up to the office like, oh shit, that was Walton Goggins. I wish I'd told him how much I appreciated his work and yeah. you know, like not really any more than that. Just, you know, let him know that, hey, I, I like what he does. I like, I like when I see him and stuff. I think that is such a great way just to like, they're stopped and asked for things Mm-hmm. all day constantly from people when your face is recognizable in that way you're constantly asked for stuff to give something and just be like hey i just want to say big fan that's it and then you're into the fucking night love it i wouldn't even like there's no way i would even do that like i, I gus has seen me be starstruck i think the <laughs> the thing he's mentioning is probably when i saw andre 3000 on the street and yep. I did. I freaked out a little bit because you don't expect to see Andre 3000 yeah. walking down the street. And I was, you know, everybody's a huge fan of Outcast, obviously. Uh, but I think the two people that would be the biggest for me to meet, most influential people in my life would be Howard Stern and David Lynch. And if I saw either of them at the other side of a room, I'm running out the door as far away from them as possible. I would never speak to them. I would never say I'm a big fan or thank you. Like, I've probably talked about this in the past, but, you know, this is all formed from my Barkley experience as a kid. But like, the best thing you can hope for in that situation, like if I were to meet David Lynch, probably the single most influential person in my entire life, mm-hmm. if I were to meet David Lynch, the best thing I can hope for is that I don't embarrass myself. The worst <laughs> thing I can hope for is that I embarrass myself to such a degree I can no longer enjoy David Lynch films, right? That, 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 that top already- to bottom, that like if when your ceiling is the floor, stay the fuck away. Like the best you can hope for is the floor. Just don't, like just don't do it don't do it just avoid the situation at all costs you 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 can not embarrass yourself by not talking to him exactly i can already accomplish the a plus of the situation by walking out the room so that's what i'm doing but i don't think that like i don't think you'll ever let it go i think that you'll i think you'll remember the time you saw david lynch you had a chance to say something i've been in a room with david lynch before you've been in a room with david lynch before i saw he he did a showing of the straight story here and i saw it and, oh uh, right, right. Yeah. But that's not you in an available situation to go up and talk to him. No, no. And if I would have been, I would have. I would have <laughs> run. Been, the you should have done it. Would have run. But he was there. Awesome. <laughs> I, you really don't think if you were at like no. not even a party, just walking Mm-mm. down the street, because I feel like that's such an Mm-mm. easy situation to say something and keep going. You have an easy in and an easy out. No. At all? No. What David Lynch is doing in that situation? when he's walking down the street is he's in his head. He's thinking David Lynch stuff. He's living David Lynch's life. He's doing his David Lynchy things. He's, he's who knows what he, maybe he's working out some sort of a problem for a film, or maybe he's trying to remember what he's going to buy at the grocery store. And all I'm going to do is interrupt that moment to tell him somebody likes him. He, he's, he, he knows people like him. He doesn't need that from me. What, and what I would, what would happen is I would go, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan. <laughs> and, myself, and then my shoelace would fucking come and done and I would trip. And then I'd, I'd, I'd bang my knee and it would hurt so bad I'd shit my pants. And then there we'd be. That. Yeah, that would be, I mean, honestly, if you did that in front of David Lynch, that'd probably be in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the next movie, you're going to see that happy, like, man, son of a bitch. And then yeah. you'll, you'll stand up, you go, that's me. That's me. It's like, <laughs> it'll be crowned the most embarrassing moment on film ever. And I'll be like, I was the embarrassing guy. It's real. Um, conversely, I guess, and, and this is sort of like what you're talking about starstruck or whatever. And 
the way that I, I view it is like when I get that personal connection with someone and then see them sort of like continue the climb, that means a lot to me personally. Like have a mm. lot of friends that are like pro wrestlers who are like doing, they're, they're on TV now. They're like getting big in like all these places. And it's really cool to like support these guys who are climbing and climbing. Do you have people like that who like start like – you were around or you did conventions or you were on bills with, and then you see them just kind of keep climbing that ladder. And you're like, fuck man, that's so cool. Okay. Before uh, I answer that, I I do actually have a really good answer for you, Eric. Uh, I do want to say one thing more about people, other people that we met uh, like celebrities uh, at, at these events back in 2014. uh, I did an event in Australia. I went down there with uh, Jordan Swears Mm-hmm. And it was one of those events where there's like tons of uh, like real celebrities and us. And uh, uh, at those events, they have like green rooms where everyone who's an invited guest can like sit down, hang out. They've got like snacks and water and shit like that. And you wait, you know, that's where you wait before you go to your booth or go to a panel or whatever. And on that same bill with us were Alan Tudyk uh, from mm. Firefly. Wow. And uh, Grant Imahara from Mythbusters. Cool. And. Like that whole weekend, Jordan and I hang, hung out with both of them. Like we struck up like a weekend friendship with those guys. Like we'd, we'd see each other, like we'd sit down at the table together and just like shoot the shit, uh, you know, talk about crowdfunding and internet stuff. And uh, like, it was really cool just to have like a weekend friendship with these people who it's like, I rec- like people recognize them. Yeah. Like these are, you know, people on TV and movies and whatnot. Uh, and it was really weird, you know, uh, a few years ago when uh, Grant Imahara passed away, it was like, uh, you know, even though I only hung out with the dude for a weekend, it was like, man, that's, I can't believe like the dude that, you know, was, you know, I was really, I was really good weekend friends with like, like that, something like that happened to him. Like that was really uh, an unusual moment because he passed away so young. Um, but to answer your question, like someone that we run into uh, who then like we watch grow and, um, you know, go on that trajectory. We had a really strange um, encounter back at the Congress office when we were still downtown where one day someone knocked on the door uh, maybe we've told the story before. Someone knocked on the door and told us he had won a contest to tour the Rooster Teeth office. <laughs> uh, it was like, was it like a Mountain Dew contest or something? Through Machinima. We like, yeah. Yeah. We're like, no one ever talked to us about this. Like, all right, you can come in, I guess. And What? Like, yeah. Back then we just like, if anyone showed up, we'd like walk him around the office and whatever. We used to do tours like that. So we let him in. It was like some guy and uh, his girlfriend or fiance. It was like, there was a, there was a, a woman with him and they'd like walk around and we show him how we do everything. And he's like, oh yeah, that like, you know, he's like really intent on, you know, learning the specifics of how we make videos and what the workflow is and everything. And we spent, I don't know, like an hour or two with the guy uh, and he took off. And uh, then he started his own YouTube channel and his, uh, he was CNanners who was like a really big, uh, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. YouTube creator for, for quite a while. Uh, Whoa. yeah, he, uh, he, I guess just came to, to learn how to, how, learn how we do stuff. Then he went and started doing his own thing. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I asked him about it years later. Like, what was the deal? Why did you show up at our office? And he said that like there were all these contests on like Machinima back in the day for like to to machinimate something or make your own video. And he just figured nobody else was entering them, so he would enter all of them. And he was like, I just kept winning them left and right, and like <laughs> just learned how easy production is kind of through that and through visiting y'all and. I have a similar one. Um, when when y'all made Laser Team, uh, I wasn't in that movie. Uh, there was like a thing you could do where you could pay 
uh, too much money and then you could come spend a day at Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. was this fucking Australian like kid who was a high school dropout who was working construction for his dad who paid way too much money to come spend a day with Achievement Hunter. And he walked in the door and we all kind of fell in love with him. And just like instantly he became like our kid brother. And uh, we ended up letting him come back the next day too, I think, even though he didn't pay for that. And we just kind of kept in touch. <laughs> and that fucking dumb kid ended up being Laser Beam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who's <laughs> like one of the biggest uh, gaming celebrities on fucking earth. Yeah. And, he was in, he uh, was in will, Free Guy. He was in Free Guy. I text. I actually uh, uh, texted him about that. Wow. Yeah. And like there's a kid who I just I couldn't speak highly enough. I can't say enough good things about. I just love dearly. And uh, I forgot and every, about that. Every success he has. I'm ex- I'm happy for like genuinely happy for. So I would say that would that that that's one. Hey everyone, want to take a moment to remind you RTX 2023 is happening this July 7th through 9th. RTX is our absolute favorite time of the year. We get to interact with all of the amazing people that give us the opportunity to make content. It's a celebration of all things Rooster Teeth with panels, special guests, community artists, cosplay, and more. This will be exclusive reveals, meet and greets with Rooster Teeth talent, uh, special merch available only during the event. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's uh, got uh, Travis the Bat, Willie the Armadillo. Looks great. Personally, I love it. Uh, every Anytime I see pictures of them, I'm like, uh, give me that right now. Uh, we're changing things up uh, with the convention this year. It's going to be awesome. Imagine a mini Epcot-style convention show floor with different attractions and activations for your favorite Rooster Teeth brands, all wrapped up in a summer camp theme. Uh, it's summer camp for indoor kids with Face Jam's Rat and Grackle Pub, Red Web Escape Room, a Face Museum, Achievement Hunter Mini Golf, and even more cool stuff uh, to do that we're saving for attendees to experience. So thanks for listening to us. Get excited about RTX. We're looking forward to meeting all of you there. Head over to rtxaustin.com to get more information about the event and buy your badge. You, uh, I'm going to go on a tangent here, if that's okay. Uh, permission yeah, to please. tangent? Yeah. Please. You, men- you mentioned uh, Laser Team, and it made me think about something really bizarre that happened. So uh, in Laser Team 1, I was only on set for like a day. Right. Um, I don't know. Like it was maybe two. It was actually two days. Uh, Whoa. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and, he won't uh, shut up with it. <laughs> on the second day when we were doing like the, uh, the interior shoot, uh, like I was, I had an outdoor one, then we're doing the indoor one. Uh, like, you know, we were all setting up to, to film and like one of the crew was walking around and he was wearing a St. Pauli girl shirt, you know, the beer St. Pauli girl. And like the logo's got like the woman holding like the big mugs of beer. And, uh, one of the other actresses on set, like calls him over and is like, Hey, uh, why are you wearing that shirt? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Let's put it on today. And he's like, and, and then she asks, like, again, she's like a little concerned, like, but why did you wear that to set today? And he goes, I, the guy's like getting uncomfortable. He's like, I don't know. Like, it was just the next shirt in my closet. I just grabbed it and put it on and came into work. And then she's like, because you know that's me, right? And uh, the guy's like, what? And like the the female scientist, the blonde female scientist from Laser Team 1, she was a St. Pauli's girl. That was her. And then no I was way. like, I looked at her and I looked at the shirt. I was like, oh shit, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> that's it was so like, bizarre. <laughs> the wow. weirdest coincidence possible is like, oh yeah, you're you're on his shirt. That's you right there. And I think that maybe she thought he had recognized her before and had like intentionally worn the shirt or something. And uh, but no, it was just like pure dumb luck that he had worn that shirt that day. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that was a real person. Me can, neither. <laughs> can I say I also um I don't know that like the trajectory matches that of like Lannon, but uh. I've all I've always felt the same similarly about Mega 64. 
just like every bit of success they've had because I feel like we started together mm-hmm. and just the the fact that they're still around and still going strong and still doing well I just I have a lot of pride for them uh, because I just have a lot of respect for the, for those guys I feel the same way I will say I was always very envious of Mega 64 mm. really uh, because, because it Bernie? I, f- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt like Mega 64 had a lot more industry clout than we did oh for like, sure uh, for sure. Watching Mega 64 make videos and have like Miyamoto in them or mm-hmm. uh, Kojima or Gabe Newell. Like, dude, they, Mike Nelson. They did a video with Mike Nelson. Yeah. I know it's not a video game, but it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt like they were, then they still are. They're like very respected industry wise. And it was something that, uh, like from our, pers- from my perspective looking now, so I was like, man, those guys, those guys are fucking awesome. They're, that's so cool. All the stuff they do. It, it's hard being, your favorite band's favorite band, but that's where that's what Mega 64 is really ridden out for like 20 years. Of mm-hmm. like, what was that like band that inspired like Aria, like Big Star or whatever? Yeah, it's like, just like a band that nobody really listened to, but it's like this is the most influential thing to everything you listen to for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's a punk band called Wire that had an yeah. album called Pink Flag. Mm-hmm. A British band that n- nobody's ever heard of, and they inspired every punk band you love. Yeah, it's it's yeah. that, and I think that it's really cool when, uh, like, as just Mega sixty four in general, it's just it's very cool how sort of insular they are. Um, I, oh, I don't think it was ever by design. I think that's just kind of the guys that we were, and and I, I guess they still are. Um. And seeing the fan base sort of like get inspired by what they did to go on to do other stuff is like crazy. It, uh, it, I know that you guys have probably had a lot of that too, where you've had people who were like fans in the community who would like make stuff and do stuff or whatever, and then like sort of move up and and all that and like have like their own following. But it, man, it is so cool to see. I love yeah. when people like take it into their own hands uh, and just like do it. You know what I mean? There's a guy, there's a guy on TikTok right now who's like really going off called like Moschino Dorito, I think. This is a redhead, bigger redheaded dude, the big beard and like longer red hair and everything. And um, he's wearing a Mega 64 shirt in one of his videos. And he has oh. like, he's like 750,000 followers or whatever on TikTok. And it's like, what the, f- like, what the fuck? And then he messaged me and he's like, big fan since like 2010. It's like, well, how the fuck? Like, that's, that's so crazy. Cool. That's, that's so, so cool. That's nuts. That's so nuts. It's so nuts that there are fans that are just doing like their own thing and they're fucking good at it. And I love it. I fucking love it. I love it. It's exciting. It's kind of, it's kind of how like Billie Eilish and Phineas got, got their start watching uh, Achievement Hunter and now they're huge stars. And it's it's because of us. <laughs> <laughs> you that's did exactly it. the same. Congratulations. We fucking did it. You're welcome. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I just think it's, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun when you can build a community and, and make stuff that you like that inspires people to then make stuff that they like that you also end up liking. That Mm. is, that has to be so rare. That has to be so rare in the scope of things. It just can't happen that often. I don't know. No, I totally agree with that. I'm so mad. Why? (laughs) They're so good. (laughs) (laughs) they're so good it's weird the sort of swath that they cut mega 64 and like the people that i've met through it 
conventions and then you guys and getting this job and all that stuff, but still being very plugged into them and what they're doing. And like, I'm going back to San Diego, like on Monday, uh, as long as I don't get COVID too, then I'm going back to San Diego, like on Monday. Um, and I just haven't seen them in like months and months and months, but it's not like for lack of talking and all that stuff. It's just, you know, I think if we were all in like the same city, it would be that coming up together would have been way more entwined. I think distance is just definitely that thing. Like I think mega 64 loves the reason that we always poked fun at rooster teeth is because we knew you guys could take it. Cause you were the big kid and it was like, <laughs> it like didn't, we were punching uh, as far as we can, we were concerned. We were punching way up, <laughs> way up when we were and- doing stuff like that. And we at Rooster Teeth, we just like to punch. We didn't care what direction. We, were. <laughs> we just just like you guys were punching up, and we were just like happy to punch back. And, and it's like, we just, we just, we just always had our fists cocked and ready to go. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah. And you build. You build like a lot of. I. I think it's. I think it's important to find people in in industry like this who, not just that you like, but can like that get what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really hard. I think it's yeah. really well, it, hard to find people going, like that. Kind of going back, circling back to what you were talking about earlier, like celebrities are starstruck by or celebrities run into at events. It's like Mega64 was always the friends we had at pretty much every event we ever went yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like event organizers would put us together, like our booths close to each other. So, you know, we could hang out because they knew if our booths were close to each other, that would become more of an attraction that people oh, wanted yeah. to come uh, see the interaction between. And it got, you know, it was to the point where, uh, you know, even going to like overseas events or uh, like, no matter what crazy event it was, like I knew that at least if no one else from Rooster Teeth was there, that at least Mega 64 was there. Mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago, I went to uh, Minecon, the Minecraft convention when it was at uh, Disneyland Paris. Oh, that's and, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Rocco was there <laughs> Rocco, <laughs> for some reason. Rocco and Derek were at Minecon in Paris. And, oh, and man, they, uh, I was in a video with them mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for the Wii U. Just like, yeah, you're like can you can we you know they came up like can we just shoot something real fast? And it was like yeah sure why not? And uh, it's like got to got to hang out with them there. We I remember one time we were at a uh, Pax East. I don't remember everyone that was there, but it was like after the convention had closed, we'd gone over to the Renaissance and uh, we were all drinking at the bar there. Mm-hmm. I remember it was I know I, you know obviously I was there. Derek, Garrett, maybe Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like a dude you know at, at a lot of these uh, hotels they'll have like a dude with a guitar just like playing music and whatever. And there was like a dude at the bar, like just strumming on the guitar, just like covering whatever songs. And then like very casually at like a, a very just like conversation level, Derek turns to me and just says, if that guy plays, I got five on it. I'll give him 20 bucks. And the guy playing the guitar somehow hears him and then does like the smoothest segue ever to, I got five on it. And then Derek just like slams his hands down on the table and like gets up <laughs> and then puts 20 bucks in the guy's guitar case. It was like, it's just like all those little memories with them. It's always it's always so fun. There's always something uh, going on. That rules. That's so fun. Conventions with you guys was always such a good time because it was always no matter what we were going to do, whatever the fuck happened at the convention and whoever came, it didn't matter because we were just hanging out all weekend and it yeah. was just going to be that. Like, I remember the fights we would get into like on the Monday after at all the like product we destroyed in a prank and having oh, to be yeah. like, guys, we're trying to make some money here, guys. You can't keep <laughs> destroying all the product, wrapping up their shit in it. And you're like, uh, yeah, but we kind of had to. Yeah, you have to. And it's like, it's fun to, but we, I remember at, I think PAX, it, at the time, just PAX, like regular PAX. 
there we had a mega 64 shirt that was in like a women's cut and we never had that but it also wasn't selling so we just we put one on you jeff and it's you in this women's shirt it looks like you're gonna fucking explode out of it and you just start going ah ah and it's so i don't know why that's like burned in my brain it's fucking great uh that's there are so many there are so many conventions we did and so many like hijinks and shenanigans that like I'll see them come up from time to time posted on social media and it'll be like watching a movie that I've never seen before. Oh, it's yeah. Like, I've, it's, it's little to no memory of all of it. But man, I just remember warm, good, drunken, stupid times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly that's a good way to put it. It's exactly yeah. what it was. Um, I, re- I remember, you know, you're talking about packs when it was just packs before they had all the different ones. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, I was at the, I, I think, Jack, you were there too. We were at the first PAX ever uh, back mm-hmm. when it was still in Bellevue at the Maiden the stin- Bowers. The stinky PAX. It was the stinky PAX because oh my God. Uh, they, they did some experiments with it that didn't pan out. Like the first PAX, the hall was open 24 hours. So like people could, like the convention floor itself, like the show floor that we would work at was not 24 hours. But um, the rest of the convention center, like the free play uh, console area and, mm-hmm. you know, tabletop area, like all of that stuff was open 24 hours. So people would just like, camp out there and not bathe or take care of any personal hygiene so it it ended up getting really stinky um but what the thing i remember most about that and like a big lesson i learned that i I realized we we could never do a 24-hour event was that in the middle of the night like at three or four in the morning uh some people showed up and cut all the pax banners down and stole them (laughs) like they went onto the railings with like a little uh exacto knife or a a box cutter Mm -hmm. cut all the straps (laughs) and it fell to the floor there were people down on the first floor waiting for it got them and just ran out the front door with it and it's like oh every single all the big signage was stolen at like three or four in the morning so that's crazy yeah wow Uh, how, how many i think there were the first two or three packs were out at the maiden bower center definitely the first two maybe the first three were at that mm-hmm. Maiden Bauer uh, center before they moved over to uh, Seattle. I think it was two, but yeah. And there were like maybe 2,500 people there at the first one. Yeah. Does that sound right? Or maybe 900 and then 2,500 at the second one. I had a very, uh, I had a long running streak where I had been to every PAX until they started them in Australia. Like I'd been to every PAX oh, out yeah. in Seattle. I'd been to every PAX on the East Coast. I went to the first two in Australia and then once they started San Antonio, once they started Pax South, I was like, I can't keep doing this. And like, I finally had to stop. But I went to like every single, like it was a really small group of people uh, that had been to like every single one un- uninterrupted. That uh, that first Pax at the Maidenbauer, do you remember that was where they gave us the uh, like three folding tables that we assigned autographs from and people would give us a DVD and we'd go down the line. Do you remember this, Gus? Yeah. And yeah. that was where we caught Joel signing his name. Because we'd be like, I'd be like Jeff Fink Griff at the time I was Jeff Fink still, or Gus Sarola Simmons, and we caught Joel signing his name Joel Heyman Joel <laughs> instead of Caboose. I will say he had done it probably fifty <laughs> times before we caught him. It's yeah, funny. In his defense, I've come around to that. Like now, I like I scribble my autograph and then under it, I I print Gus that way because I see people post online all the time. Like whose signature is this? No, totally. I'll do that on anything non RVB related, but in RVB, I'm signing Jeff Jeff Ramsey Griff. Otherwise, I'll sign mm. Jeff Ramsey, and sometimes I'll I'll say Jeff. On uh, an RVB thing, I will write Simmons. You are correct, but it wasn't that he was. There was no thought behind it. He was just being he was just being dumb in the moment. 
uh, and didn't realize that he wasn't signing Caboose. Yeah, that first year, we we set that up like, I don't know if we were still learning how to do events or they were still learning how to do events. Like when you walked into the Maiden Bower, we were on tables just to the left of the main door coming in. Like it wasn't even like on a show floor or anything. And I think the second year we were up on the show floor across from that big sphere. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like people could get in and like run around. Uh, but yeah, that first year was weird because we were like, you walked in the door and we were there <laughs> like mm-hmm. to, to get yeah. your badge. It was like, get your badge, say hi to Rouge Teeth. Uh, I, I, <laughs> the two things I remember about that event other than that are, and I don't know why, and maybe maybe you'll remember why. I just remember that like we, we closed up for the day and we walked up a hill and we all ate at a, outside at a Mexican restaurant. And I just remember the weather yeah. was really nice and it was like magic hour and there were like six or seven of us and we were just eating outside on this patio and it was just like, just like a good moment. I, I don't even remember who was there. I know you were there. I was there. Yeah. I, I assume the the rest of them were. That building's gone. Like all, all yeah, of totally buildings gone, gone right? through such transformation. It's like, that's a high rise now. It was like a little squat Mexican restaurant before. Yeah. The other thing I remember, and I think you were with me and you might remember this, is we stopped into a liquor store to get a bottle of something and there was a husband and wife who were like maybe in their 70s and they had a shopping cart and they were just dumping bottles of cheap vodka into the shopping cart. And there must yeah. have been like 25 and they were just like having like old couple squabbles. And we realized that like it wasn't for an event or anything. They were just loading up yeah, as they do. And I remember looking at Gus and being like, I, we're going we're gonna to be those people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also we also took a friend of ours to have uh, their first alcoholic drink ever uh, at that first PAX. Do you remember that? We went down to the Red Robin uh, that was like down the street from the convention center. Red Robin, that's the name of a restaurant, like the burger place. They've got yeah. like the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We took a, a friend of ours who'd like had never had an alcoholic drink. And oh! it was like he, he was legal. Just like he had just never drank. Um, and he was like, I want to, you know, he was God, he was probably in his late 20s by then. And was like, I want to I want to finally try alcohol and have my first drink ever. Yeah, and we took him down and ordered like the sweetest, easiest to drink drink on the menu. We, I think we asked like, "What's the sugariest drink you have that you can make?" And it was like some super tall pink drink. I don't, re- I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I remember that. He, yeah. Well, I guess he had been straight edge up until that point. Yeah, and had decided that he wanted to give that life away. Yeah, that's right, man. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was an event. That was an eventful pax. <laughs> it was. It was a. We were still. Uh, uh, young and energetic. Yeah, we were. <laughs> it's also where, uh, then maybe that's where they debuted, but that's that's uh, where we met them for the first time. Like we met all the the frag dolls, like the Ubisoft, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like promotional uh, female gaming team. Uh, they were there at the first packs. That was like you'd get the invite to Pork Fry's House for tacos, and then you just. That's I think we met some of them there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. I forgot about the tacos. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're winding I, down, so we need to review the coffee and get into some anarchy. Um, how's your? We all made our own coffee today, I assume. Um, yeah, yeah, made my typical uh, Kings Coast blend. Is it hot coffee, Jeff? Hot coffee today, yeah. Wow, and Gus, you also made hot coffee. Hot coffee, uh, americano. Hmm. Oh, did you make an Amer- uh, an americano? Yeah, I've got a little espresso machine. I pull uh, espresso shots and wow, um, make an uh, americano. It's not fancy. I, I bought I bought just an espresso machine at Target. It's like <laughs> Emily tells me I have a we have like a camp stove uh, in storage that we can a gas powered camp stove. Oh, good. We have that. Use. Okay, yeah, cool. For like the Bialati thing, we want to try. Then this then this works out. I think um, I might have propane around here somewhere. 
Oh, I, we definitely get propane. We just go to Target and get some propane, baby. Um, that shouldn't be too hard. So that's very interesting. That's um okay, 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 okay. Um, I think that yeah. Oh, <laughs> hang that's on. propane. <laughs> oh, you're. It is. It no, is like, office it at the right ready. <laughs> oh, you you meant well, like you have it, have it. Oh, okay. I, well, you also have COVID, so. Is <laughs> <Stay> that- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, how would you how would you rate your coffees? You know, the worst part of it was I was off that day. I came in like Sad. I had the day off. I came in just to record Anma mm-hmm. and got it's fucking true. COVID from you. Oh, uh, it's true. <laughs> I'm just happy that I'm not in as bad a shape as I feared. It's clearly was the COVID affecting me, not not my uh, my decrepit body. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee's fine. It's it's like my standard go-to here uh at home uh it's not as good as the best coffee we've had on the show i give myself like a seven i don't know six okay. maybe somewhere on there okay i'm gonna Jeff. give i'm gonna give myself a 6.9 wow yeah not the best breaking the streak of tens okay um i had uh, a friend who roasts for a place called nearby coffee and he just made this coffee that uh i guess they repackaged for a place called lamp post and it is like fermented watermelon rinsed i think i talked about it last time yeah it yeah fanta- you mentioned it that. is fantastic i love it uh i made a cup of that and the whole time i was sipping on it i got my last sip left and it was sweet like juice i love it it's a now that did like they did they invent the process of watermelon rinsing or is that something that was known? No, I think what they do is take, I have to ask my buddy Robbie, but it, he take, um, they take their regular beans that they're roasting, what, whatever that might be in Ethiopia or whatever that it is. And then the other beans that have been with these fermented watermelon rinse or whatever, they take some of those, blend it with like sort of take it, put the beans together. And so you're not getting this big overwhelming flavor, but you're getting a lot of that flavor from the watermelon uh, rinsed beans. It's very good. Very weird. It is unlike anything weird. I've had before. It is very good. Well, we'll have to make some over a campfire stove. Um, it'll be pretty good. So we should get to Anarchy Me Anything uh, where people are asking questions. This is something that I, I think this is a very good uh, sort of question or uh, thing posited by the Better Devil, who's a uh, mod on R slash Anima podcast. Oh, thank you for your service. Yep, uh, it says well, with RTX two months away, I think a fun piece of non-canon content that we are going to make canon now because there's just not enough time. Yeah, uh, could be talking about all the touristy places in Austin to visit, best restaurants, cool venues, stuff within walking dis- distance of the convention center, that sort of thing. So here's what I'm sort of pivoting that to. I think every week we should give a recommendation. If you're coming to Austin, I think we should give a recommendation for something that you should eat, drink, see, do, be around, that kind of a thing. So is there something gotcha. like the? Kind of like, are you familiar with the NFT guides, the not for tourists guides, oh, where they tell I, you about not like, what I, I, thought. I my mind God. went somewhere else, dude. When you said NFT guides, I thought you were becoming an NFT guy, and I got oh no worried. no, I didn't even make the connection to yeah no not the non fungible token thing, the not for tourist uh like guides for cities, and they'll tell you like you know don't go here in Chicago for pizza, go here for in Chicago for pizza, mm. like that like the inside locals track. So, so this is Anma NFT, A N M A NFT, but in well, a maybe good way. don't say the NFT word anymore. <laughs> we're in, we're in NFT. 
we're into <laughs> NFTs now. We're NFT guys dying we're, here. <laughs> but we're NFT guys in a different way. It's different. It's a different thing. It's not what you think. Like um, if you look up, if be you like, Google NFT guide Austin, it's all crypto stuff. <laughs> like, like don't go to. It'd be like you definitely get barbecue in Austin. Don't go to. Uh, people tell you to go to Cooper's on Congress. Don't mm. go there. Go to Micklethwaite or go to like uh, Style Switch or La Barbecue, like, like those kind of. Yeah, I, I will. If you do go to Cooper's, I'll give you the the inside scoop. You can get they have like this giant pork chop there. It's a barbecue place over there on Congress, not too far from the convention center. They have this giant pork chop you can get. And I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's on the menu. And I don't think many people know about it. You can ask them to dunk it. Uh, oh. and, and they'll take it and then just dunk it in their barbecue sauce and then put it on the plate for you. Uh, it's so fucking good that way. If you go to Cooper's and you, you got to get the pork chop. It's so thick. It's amazing. Ask them to dunk it. You'll be, uh, you'll be glad you did. See, also, that's, if you're, the, that's what I'm looking for. They, yeah. That's the kind of recommendation. Damn. Gus, you have been to the original Coopers in Lano, right? Didn't you make yeah, a special yeah. trip out there? Is it mm-hmm. as good as they say? Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's it's really yeah. solid. Um, the one here, and I've been to the one here, and I've been to the one in New Braunfels as well. They're they're good. They're excellent as well. Uh, but you know, of course, the original is always going to be uh, going to have like a special place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Coopers. I don't know this place at all. They were known for many years as being like Cooper's and Lana was like the supposedly the best barbecue restaurant yeah. in Texas for a long time. Wow. I don't I don't think that's the case anymore. But yeah, I feel like, you know, they expanded and people don't talk about them as much anymore. Now that yeah. like you can get it more conveniently now that there's, you know, other locations, people, I think, mm. take it for granted. It's just like any other place. But it's not. It's really as like a, it's really a cut above. Like, I think we all I, don't, I can't speak for everyone here, but like I think most people are like, yeah, Rudy's is fine. It's great. It's easy to get. I think Cooper's mm-hmm. is better than Rudy's. Um, hmm. Cooper's is uh, Cooper's. Is, you think that Cooper's really downtown better. is better than Rudy's? Um, I have not had great yes, experiences there. Only if you get the dunked pork chop. Okay, that's what I go for. And the other thing is, uh, they have free beans. Yay! <laughs> and the beans are good. <laughs> uh, so every week we'll we'll give recommendations of places for people to go. Is that what you're yeah, saying? I think. I think it's a great idea coming to RTX July 7th through 9th. Like you got to have something to do outside of just uh, waiting to see us drink some coffee on stage. Austin yeah. is a pizza city. Get some pizza. It is. It's but absolutely don't, true. Don't, don't I'm going to tell you right now, everybody's going to tell you to get a home slice. Skip it this time mm-hmm. and go, Whoa. go to Bufalina or oh. go to Via 313 mm-hmm. or go to that new place where bacon used to be. That's supposed to be the hot spot. At, There's like, a place at, there. Yeah. We're, so there was a place that uh, called Bacon. It was like at 11th and Lamar, like right Lam- over there, right by like on the other side of Lamar. Yeah, yeah, just east of it. Yeah, just east of Lamar, and that's now a, a pizza restaurant that's supposedly like hmm. the the best in town. It's a pizza place now. Yeah, that's what huh. they say. I, it's funny. I drove by that place. Like I drove up Lamar the other day, and I looked over there Is and it uh, didn't notice anything. Samataro West. Maybe uh, when you go to their website, your uh, your cursor becomes a slice of pizza. Like it is. <laughs> That's how you know it's 19- good. That's like how you know it's, it's good. 1996. It has no overridden. Does. Yeah, wow. no one does that anymore. What happened? If, uh, well, everything's on phones. So I think that this is sort of played out. If you want to go <laughs> get like an awesome, awesome burger, obviously we recommend Casino Burger. That's like a mm-hmm. rite of passage. You're going to burn through all our suggestions in it's one true. week. It's true. Okay, well, I'll stop. But I'm just, I'm, okay. Tune yeah. in next week to find out other burger places you can go to. <laughs> um, uh choopy the cat did some uh the uh did some ranking on some uh french fries and p terry's finished very high oh i'm just letting, I'm just uh, letting you know so. i saw a post on the austin subreddit a couple of weeks ago it was last week or the week before someone was like 
what's the Instagram handle of that cat that dresses up and goes around town? And I was like, oh, they're looking for Choopy. And I read through the yeah, comments. Yeah, baby, like, they're Choopy looking for Choopy. Uh, hey, Gus, if, if, uh, if you feel like it, a little bit of homework, I, uh, the other day I was trying to think of stuff for the, this podcast, and I created a list of things in Austin that I've never done in like the 29 years that I've been uh. here that, I, that you should do. That yeah. are like favorites, like places I've never been or things I've never done. So if anything, uh, over the next between now and when we record again, pops into your head, write it down. We'll have a. Little, I've got a like, place. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Okay. Ooh, that's cool. cool. Most of mine are like got, events, but I'd like to. Sit down I've got an embarrassing admission. I'd like to put on that list that we can talk about next time. Wow, I, what a now. tease! You've uh, never been that, to H E B before. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a Randall Stan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gross. That'll do it for this episode of Anma. Uh, hopefully not all three of us have COVID, but we'll see. Um, you can follow us at Anma Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Here's the thing about photos from this episode. Might just be posting photos from old episodes in lieu of uh, any pictures from this one because we are, uh, like, there's no one. Uh, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Here, hold on. Oh, just taking a picture. He's yeah, but you're going to get Craig screen. in there too. There you go. Great. Perfect. Um, you follow us at Anma Podcast, Instagram, and on Twitter. Keep up to date with everything on the show. R slash Anma Podcast is the subreddit that we really, truly don't have anything to do with, but great place to put your uh, anarchy topics. Uh, you can tweet at us your anarchy me anything questions. I think those have been very good. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we're all testing negative. By Thank you for sending that picture, Jeff. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we're all testing negative by the next time we're doing an episode so we can get together and have a fun special guest on, but we'll have to wait and see. Jeff, Gus, any last words, parting thoughts for the folks at home? Hey, COVID's over. The pandemic's done. Congratulations. We made it. If, if you get it, it's on you now. You got to pay out yeah. of pocket. <laughs> uh, you had plenty You had plenty of years to get COVID already, three buddy. Three years. Uh. <laughs> Okay, goodbye.